0: Cheers, bud. Cheers. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Stay and Scream podcast. My name's Hunter, and I'm with my good friend and co-host, Duff hey guys how's it going and we are excited to be back in a different location this week because very fortunate being annual pass holders being local there is a special drink called the magi mule that is now available at shea alcatraz so we are in san francisco um they actually turned off the music you guys missed out on like some frank sinatra and bare naked ladies but uh we came over here for the drink which shout out to our drink buyers this week uh thank you so much to sonia and mark thank you so much for that
1: we're enjoying a fantastic drink because of it by the
0: way it's uh it's really good yeah yeah it's it's really excellent i think theme park bar said it best uh shout out to theme park bar get him to 6,000 subscribers just because he's (laughs) incredible um but yes so really refreshing really light you can definitely taste a bit of the alcohol kick yeah uh i really like it i hope it sticks around that's
1: Bring it back permanently, please. Yeah. Just or put- just for APs. Sorry, guys. If you're not.
0: <laughs> I don't care. We are for uh, me. We are, uh... <laughs> we are wainsworlding our APs <laughs> right now. But yeah, so we are back with another episode. You can kind of hear the beat builders going on in um, the background. That's why they turned off the music. We were very fortunate. We thought it was, it was just specifically for us, but that's not the case. They looked down and said, hey, it's that catacombs guy. <laughs> hey, is that Duff from <laughs> HHN 365? Um... So what we are going to be covering this week for you all, Duff had a great idea, another one that I am excited to be a part of. So Duff, what are we talking about this week?
1: So you know how every year there's always houses you go into and it like disappointed you and it just wasn't great. Yeah. And then by the end of it, you're like, damn, that was a good house. Yeah. What were your favorites of those?
0: Yeah. So I feel like, like Duff said, we've all had those houses where either we were really excited for them or not expecting anything at all and over the run of the event, they just really pick up steam. So I think a good example to give you guys an idea of what we're gonna be talking about is a kind of divisive house from last year, but I've seen a lot of people adopt this opinion, especially towards the end of the event's run, and that was Nightingale's Blood Pit. Definitely. as you said, this is a crossover. I fully
1: agree with this one. Yeah. Uh, we actually talked about it before we even decided on the topic. Yeah. This one actually led to
0: this topic. We were literally walking over to our stay-in-scream location as we were debating exactly about this. Yeah. So, yeah, you're totally right, though. The intensity got ratcheted up by the cast. Um, I really like the setting to begin with. I just think ancient Rome mm-hmm. is, like, a very interesting setting to base a haunted house on anyways. Definitely. And after I... I feel like with Nightingale's, a lot of people expected these huge elaborate sets just because that's what Blood Prey gave them back during 21. But once you got familiar with this location being a very claustrophobic house, basically being the scarecrow or the dead exposure of last year, Mm -hmm. I think it really delivered. I think it has a great story. I think the cast really brought it. And um, honestly, like I said, I just think it's a really cool setting.
1: Yeah, I agree. I was, ex- I was super excited about this house because of the setting. Yeah. Uh, but like you were saying before, the intensity turned up. At first, the scares weren't there at all for me. Yeah. Uh, you had the cool lion puppet. Yeah. That rarely worked at the beginning. Yeah. Um, so once they started turning that around and he was more active yeah. and present, uh, and once the scare actors started to get in their groove, you know, that became the most intense house for me last year. Totally. They brought it every night. And... Um, it, it didn't finish as one of my favorites, but it went from, like, near the bottom to an extremely solid house that I really enjoyed.
0: Yeah. Um, two things about that. That lion puppet, I absolutely love that they put the Scare Actor operating the lion puppet in full gladiatorial gear. The poor guy is in fully decked out. They didn't give him a morph suit or anything. They just put him in gladiator clothes and had him operate the puppet, which I think is incredible. Mm-hmm. Secondly, if you're one of those people that completely uh, had ridden off this house just because of the smell of it, buck up. It's not that bad.
1: Is it strange that I never fully noticed, like, I noticed the smell, but I
0: never thought it was strong at any point? I'm going to be honest. My nose is just always kind of okay. fucked up yeah. at this point. So. so I, uh,
1: people were saying, like, I went in it once and I couldn't do it again because that smell. And I was like, I, I barely smelt it. Yeah. What are you talking about? For me,
0: that house was the exorcist where that house just, like, the smell, like you hear about the backstory where that smell was supposed to be in that one room mm. and it just ended up permeating Everywhere. the entire house yeah. and then you could kind of smell it in the shining the year after just <laughs> because it had it had hung out so yeah i guess i'll go ahead and pick up here so my first one as far as like the personal toss-in though we're going back to hhn 27 and for me that was hive okay so hive i i totally dug to be perfectly honest i think it's a very cool idea to take a haunted house, put it in the 80s with vampires, but not do like the cool, like, 80s hair metal vampires like we've come to expect, but actually doing these ugly, like, rat Nosferatu mm. vampires. And the fact that we had such a wide variety between the the bat face ones versus the Nosferatu-esque versus the ones on stilts, I felt like there was a lot of variety of scares. Mm. And that's kind of something we talked about um, when we did our review of the two houses that just opened when we were talking about Revenge of the Two Fairy is that a lot of the scare actors are in great places but the scare actors are pretty much all the same type of character Yeah. and I think that's where Hive kind of steps things up where it's using one particular type of character, but it's, it's ramping it up to where everything is individualized. And whether or not that's like a big thing for you, it just depends, like all the Yetis are the same Yetis. Yeah. All the Dead Exposure Zombies, they're different zombies, but they're still zombies. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of them are just one individual attacking you, but I really like the diversity in Hive.
1: Yeah, I, I could get on board with that. I don't know I had the same experience where it got much better for me, I think it was kind of a consistent like middle of the pack i didn't love hive as much as you know some other people do Mm -hmm. Um, i didn't hate it as much as some people do yeah Um, but yeah no i could i could see where you're coming from it's not exactly the experience i had
0: for me it was it was above but dead waters because it felt like a more complete house because Mm. as cool as dead waters was still one of the most like fantastic facades i've ever seen in a haunted house it it ended so abruptly you were just like oh oh that's kind of it yeah and then the fallen i've talked about this before i've never had i never had a good run of the fallen after like 12 to 15 times um throughout the entire event season so for that reason out of those three originals the the hive is is towards the top of my list there
1: fair enough yeah Uh, so i'll go with my first personal one and i'm gonna kick it back to hhn 24 and for me that's Roanoke cannibal colony um I don't know that there's much of a reason outside of I missed a lot, I guess. So, and at this time, I was only doing two nights a year. Yeah. So I did it one night, ran through it once, and I was missing a lot of scares. Uh, it was opening weekend, so you know it, houses are always a little bit
0: the cast are still figuring yeah. out there. Exactly,
1: yeah. exactly. Um, and it was actually like my bottom house, or like near the bottom for me. Really. Came back in October, and uh, absolutely loved it. Yeah. Absolutely loved it. Uh, Dollhouse of the Dams was my favorite house that year, and from the beginning. Yeah. And that almost gave it a run for its money. Really? my second run-through of it.
0: Yeah, that's a pretty beloved house for a lot of people. I know that's one of Quint's favorite houses Mm -hmm. from here on Catacombs, and I just think anytime they do, I mean, we just talked about it with Nightingales, but like anytime they take real life history and kind of melded into the haunted house setting i think it's really interesting and i just distinctly remember people talking about roanoke because this was the year before i personally started to attend but i remember people walking into roanoke and they're like it's so dark and people are in your face constantly and uh it's just it's really become kind of a a cult favorite as far Mm. as the originals it's it's one of those that kind of always comes up, but it's never like the first house mentioned, it's like the third on mm. the on the list, but people have really gained a lot of fondness for that one, I think. And
1: I think you've kind of hit a point of why maybe it was a little rough for me at the beginning. That's because I was disappointed because I love when they bring back historical references to create houses. Yeah. So I was super pumped to try this house. Yeah. It let me down. So obviously, not only did I not think it was great at the time, but with
0: that letdown on top of it, I was like, oh, come on. Grew up with a lot of ghost stories on Travel Channel. Oh yeah, (laughs) you know it. The Roanoke documentary just had you stoked for this one. Um, So
1: when it redeemed itself, I was pretty hyped.
0: Yeah, yeah, I get that. So this next one is kind of a, uh, this might be more of personal conjecture than than actual improvement. And and I think what I mean by that is, well first of all, let me say, so the house is actually trick or treat from 28. Trick-or-Treat is a movie that is very dear to me. It is one that I love. Pretty much anybody who likes or loves Halloween has some sort of fondness for this movie. I've got Sam tattooed on my leg. Uh, He's always close. But this house was one, I think 28 was a hard year to gauge just because you're talking about a whole bunch of like home runs in the house lineup. And Trick-or-Treat coming off of the scare zone from the year before had a lot to live up to. So with the, when this one was announced, it was a pretty early announcement. I want to say it was like a June announcement for 28. Yeah. Um, very, very excited for it. And the first time I went through it, I was like, that was good, but it wasn't great. It wasn't quite what I wanted. And the reason I started off with the statement I did before we started recording uh, this particular house is just because this is one where I'm not sure if I noticed anything actually improve like maybe the scare actors got better but I think this is more of a case of possibly having your expectations so high when you're walking into it and then growing to embrace what it actually is once you're inside it and trick-or-treat is one of those that was never a bad house like I never had a bad walkthrough of it but the more and more I went through it the more I appreciated it for what it was Mm. and because of that it went from I'm pretty sure it was like number eight on my list when I expected it to be in the top 3, I think it ended up at number 4 yeah. overall by the end of 28. Just, and a lot of that does play into my personal bias of the movie as well as just loving traditional Halloween, but uh, yeah, this one ended up climbing quite a bit for me for those reasons.
1: So I'm actually completely on board with this one with you here. Love the movie. Huge fan. One of my favorite Halloween general Halloween movies yeah. ever. Um, and of course the scare zone the year before is one of my all time favorites it is uh, my, my favorite fa- my favorite yeah. IP scare zone at the very least sure and
0: clowns gives it a run for its money it does it yeah. does
1: I think the thing with clowns is it was more character interaction whereas trick or treat was actually a beautiful zone yeah too. yeah I yeah, clowns didn't fully have that going
0: for it it's um, kind of weird sitting here looking out yeah, at where st- the zone staring is staring like at it we would literally see a giant flaming pumpkin right? oh, barren trees right now it's yeah. sad it's, yeah. it's
1: sad Anyways, happier moments, um, and I love that scare zone so much, and I kind of had preconceived notions of what the house would be. Yeah. It didn't meet that for me. Yep. Um, as the run started to go through, I don't think it evolved much, but I think I started to accept these sets are beautiful. Um, it's, it's a really good experience when you're comparing it to the movie. Yeah. And I just started to enjoy it more. I, I think a little bit of disappointment at first, and then I just kind of was like, you know what? I love the property. This is fun when I go through it, so
0: yeah, I like it. I think the thing that came is, like, when I was walking through it finally, I'm like, so what would you change? Like, how could you make this a better maze? And I'm, like, thinking about it objectively, and I'm like, no, what they gave us is probably, like, the best adaptation of what they could do. Um, With some, like, hits are there. Like, I wish the werewolf party was a little bit more extravagant. I I felt like that was the one thing, and especially the more they tried to cover up with the werewolf puppet, with the, the fog... You just couldn't see anything in that mm-hmm. room at all. But besides that, I really felt that getting FaceTime with Sam, getting FaceTime uh, with all the various characters, Mr. Craig, that you'd want to say hi to, mm-hmm. and all those, like, it really was the best execution we could ask for.
1: The only thing I'd say is maybe, um, let us see more like the bus crash scene.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because we have the bus, it lights up, you mm-hmm. hear the crash, and then you're in the quarry. Yeah. Um, I will say, so this, this might have been a case of, where I was hoping maybe they do a little bit more of an original adaptation of it, kind of like in the vein of a, I think Stranger Things is a good example from that year, where you're directly pulling scenes but doing them in a different way that puts you in the action, Mm -hmm. because Trick or Treat was very, you're watching the scenes of the movie go through, but you are not participating in those scenes directly, you know? And I, I think maybe that's more of what I was expecting. But once again, this one ended up cracking my top five by the end of the event just because I grew to accept and love it for what it
1: was. Yes. Yeah. I mean, basically the same exact reasoning for me. So, uh, kind of got a crossover on accident there. Yeah. Why yeah. not? So, for my next one, I'm going to bring it back to HHN 21, which is one of my all time favorite years. Maybe my favorite year. I, I can't decide. It's really tough. Um, And I'm going to have to give a shout out to my co-host from HHN365, Mike, because this is his favorite house of all time. Oh boy. Uh, That's saws and steam into the machine. Yeah. Very interesting choice as his favorite house of all time. Most people are like, what the hell are you talking about?
0: Once again, crossing over with Quint here, you guys are like making Quint a very happy
1: camper. Right. Um, So I enjoyed the scare zone a lot. Yeah. So we're almost going kind of trick or treat style here. And I had expectations for what the house would be. My first run through did not meet those expectations of what, what it was. And I think this is the one where the scare actors definitely, the intensity picked up, uh, I guess timing, you could say, picked up probably. Yeah. I think it had more to do with, like, their, it was, I don't think it was opening night, but it was opening weekend I went the first time. It was just, it wasn't there. Yeah. You know, it, like, fully wasn't there yet. Um, by the time I came back around again, they were hitting full stride, and I got the full Saws and Steam experience. It Extremely fun house. Um, I loved the sets a lot. Uh, Yeah, I mean there's not much more I could say about it. It, It's literally they they missed in the beginning and I was disappointed because I loved the property the year before
0: and um, Now I love it and that really that's one of those scare zones that really Set the template for house adaptation, but I think it's especially interesting whenever they get the chance to go from a From a original Scare Zone to doing it in a full house. Mm. And this is one that I feel like a lot of people have warmed up to. A lot of people really like that post-apocalyptic, like, almost rapture feel Mm. of *Saws* and Steam. And there's a reason this one, I feel like we're almost kind of due for the return of *Saws* and Steam, to be honest. I hope so. I I think that is a perfect tent house, uh, just like... You can really see that executed because I think this would have been, uh, this has been the Jaws cue. This was Jaws cube, yes. yeah. Yep. So it's about time to put it in. You've come a long way. I mean, next year, we don't don't expect much to change next year. But by next year, it's been ten years since we saw Saws and Steam. Wow. There's so much That's more insane. they could do, as far as like expanding that out and really immersing you in that environment. Oh, yeah. Th-
1: this and, isn't like something where the story is over. You know. Yeah. Th- there are properties where that is the case. Uh, this is something. It, it could be like a every 5 to 10 year kind of deal yeah. and I'd be perfectly happy with that I
0: think it's one of those that has enough of a legacy just like Dead Exposure or Nightingales mm-hmm. where yeah. it's basically reached the point for like it's 10 year anniversary or pretty close mm-hmm. like it's time to, to resurrect it and it
1: definitely has a bit of a cult following as well yeah it's one of those like lower cult favorites that yeah, exist yeah, um, yeah uh, please bring it back maybe not you know within the next year or two because of I think it's a little too close to what's happening in real world in a way yeah. um anything that's kind of like apocalyptic might be a little too too much yeah, yeah yeah give it a few years but yes bring it back sure
0: all right so we did have one final one uh that we mutually agreed on this one's going to take us back to 28 again and this was a house that i kind of saw all over the place and specifically i'm referring to carnival graveyard Carnival Graveyard is how I ended my house runs at 28. It was the last house that Mm. I did at 28, and then I shut down the event in the Killer Clown Scare Zone. Um, But this house was one that I feel like, once again, like Trick or Treat, this is one that people had such high expectations for, where they're talking about entering a carnival, and then the forum sites were like, yeah, you're gonna be able to seen, see scene two from scene 15 and like peek over. And when you went through and you realized it was, it was open concept, but it wasn't like this big sprawling, mm-hmm. like I, I'm not exactly sure what we were expecting because I was, I was part of that too. Like Carnival Graveyard was super high yeah. up for me. The,
1: the way it was kind of pitched is that it would be almost like walking through a carnival. Yeah. It's an open, like kind of layout. Obviously it has your paths that you follow, yeah. but it was like an open layout, like you're in a carnival. Yeah that wasn't fully the case no obviously no,
0: no. it was very much a it was a scene by scene where there were parts in the junk that you were able to look through and be like oh yeah yeah that is the entrance of this but i will say as far as like the feeling of being open and immersing you in an environment is something that carnival graveyard totally delivered on for as many times as i went through that house it was one of those where i never felt like i was in a it, it never felt like I was in a soundstage. Mm. It felt like I was in this location. Which was also weird because at the same time as you're walking through, you're like, oh, look at that. It's the, the Dueling dragon sign. So you're aware you're in a theme park, but you don't feel that you're in a theme park. Mm. And that's something that I always look forward to. My favorite haunted houses at HHN tend to be those that are, hey, you're here, but you don't feel like you're here. And, and for that, that's, that's a really hard thing to do.
1: Yeah, and I think... Another thing going through this multiple times to add on to what you're saying is the Easter eggs in this house. Yep. Um, obviously, in the first run through, you're not going to get that. So it's not going to give you that kind of nostalgic or, you know, you, just, you see an Easter egg and you go, ooh. Yeah, yeah, You
0: yeah. know? Ooh.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So after a few more run throughs, naturally, it's going to start to click more and more and more and more. Yeah. And then, like you said, eventually I just kind of accepted it's not what I was told it's going to be. Yeah. That doesn't
0: mean it's not good. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think this is one of those cases where it's like... We love getting information from the forums and podcasts and everything like that. But as soon as something doesn't happen that lines up with our preconceived notion, it falls. And that that's kind of unfair.
1: And I think, honestly, all four houses that I've been a part of today, that's been a factor yeah. every single time. Yeah, I've had expectations. It wasn't what I expected. Sure. So that first run through, it's like, that's not what I expected. This is crap. Yeah. You know?
0: And then you have houses that you expect great things from and never bounce back, like yeah. The Fallen.
1: Yeah. In fact, The yeah. Fallen, I was kind of impressed the first time. Yeah. Just from some of the the I think the that's exactly it. Opening weekend, effects. you walk through, you're like, wow, this that's is really cool. That's cool, yeah. Then you go through it again, you're like, all right, that's kind of boring now. Yeah. Then you do it five more times, like, yeah, that's really
0: boring now. And The Fallen is such an interesting one because that house was so neutered from what it was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Like, even when they did the initial, like, press release, it was like step into a world of angels versus demons, and we're like... That's metal as fuck. Right. I can't wait to walk through this. And then you go through it; it's just the demons yep. because maybe they got gold feet. Maybe oh, someone they pulled did. the plug. Yeah, yeah. We are going to talk about house of the week. Uh, we we did uh, forget about that last episode, and we're so sorry. We've uh, we'll make it up to you guys. But before we do that, I want to I want to break down and tell you about my stay and scream story of the week, and that is uh, last year, a little bit after stay and scream. Go into the Springfield bathrooms, which I'm looking at right now. They're beautiful. It's uh, take me to your baseball cards. I'm ready to go to Comic Book Guy's shop. Very green. Yeah, very green. Anyways, so we are. I go in there. I'm using the urinal. This guy comes up as I'm moving away from the urinal, and he sees my shirt. He's got a Universal Monsters, or we both have a Universal Monster shirt on, and he goes. My man, you see that house over there? And I'm like, yeah, man, like, that's that's my favorite house. I hope you had a great time. And he, like, looks at my shirt, and he, like, points at all of them, even though he's wearing the exact same shirt. He's like, they got they got Dracula, they got Frankenstein, they got the Loch Ness Monster, pointing at Gilman, and uh, I've never forgotten about that. <laughs> and uh, in the off chance, you remember this moment, or you are that guy. Um, and don't remember it, just know that every time I go into those bathrooms I think about that and I, I would give you a gold star if I could Like, I wish I knew where you were So that's, that's yeah.
1: beautiful, so you know what I don't have a stay and scream story prepared because he kind of came at, like no, out of nowhere he's like, you know what stay and scream story I have a story in that same restroom that took place during HHN, let's go for it at the urinal as well <laughs> step up to the urinal taking a leak Notice that the urinal next to me has a beer on top, like half drinking. Guy walks up, starts taking a leak in that urinal. He takes a look at the beer, looks away, looks back and just picks (laughs) it up and chugs it. And after he chugs it, he just puts it right back on top of the urinal and walks away. (laughs)
0: It's very neat. Uh, Matt, we got to talk to you, man. Like, we really got to... There we go. We got some... That was a perfect (laughs) cap to your story. Like, they just... They're celebrating. Or maybe they're playing us off. Yeah, they're, um, yeah you need to <laughs> shut up. I love that, though. I, I hope yep. he's doing well. Probably not. <laughs> Probably not.
1: I'm sure he is someone who has COVID or has been impacted
0: by it, Look, by if, his actions. If you're that far gone, maybe it's time to put it up for the night. Okay. So, our house of the week, we did mutually decide on this one, just being in the San Francisco area. And we are going to specifically mention Dead Exposure Patient Zero. Dead Exposure was one of those that um, I did not get a chance to see, but it very much had a legacy behind it the entire time that I've been part of the community. So, with Dead Exposure Patient Zero, being able to see this property that people had such great memories of, and being able to walk into honestly one of the scariest haunted houses that I've been to at the event just because it was so disorientating I love it I think it's great um, and it totally deserves to be a haunted house of the week
1: well if you like disorienting you should have done disorientorium that's right Uh, but really Dead Exposure was actually the original was my favorite house for years since 2008 so to follow that up and not let me down Yeah you No, know, it wasn't the same level
0: Yeah I didn't expect it to be You got zombie monkeys, dude
1: Zombie monkeys, yeah Zombie Right like, off the bat, too Yeah, yeah, yeah And do you remember That it was extremely dark The first weekend? Yeah And you could not see shit
0: You couldn't see and shit And it was
1: terrifying Yeah, yeah, yeah Absolutely terrifying
0: And it does have one of my favorite Like, walking into a maze Songs of all time That Gecephelstein track that. <laughs> But we'd be remiss to talk about that house and not talk about its next-door neighbor as well. Mm. This is, this is your twofer that we mentioned because Dead Exposure was a 6:30 house. Our six o'clock opening was Duff's favorite house of all time. Oh well, <laughs> it's uh it's pretty darn close. It's up there. It's yeah, up yeah, yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That is going to be Slaughter Cinema. So that's all. We're done. Yeah, love it. Bye. Slaughter Cinema. So
1: really, talking about Slaughter Cinema though, <laughs> the properties, the fake horror 80s B-movies they made for this are outstanding. Barber Chop! <laughs> Maybe the worst room, but my favorite movie somewhere Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Like, the one you would most like to watch. Yeah. Just right? a little off the top.
1: I would love to watch the movie. That room can kind of disappear and I'd be okay. Yeah. Um, Shitty's Kids. Yeah. Oh, that'd be a great movie too. I would, I would love to watch that.
0: Cult of the Beast, baby. One of my favorite scenes in yep, the entire... I, I was a Devil Dogs guy. Devil Dogs is great. I mean, here... Walking uh, in, you got the Farrah Fawcett all. poster on the wall, and you're in, like, smoky, hazy bar and everything like that. I think it's great. I'm
1: also a massive fan of Pumpkin Guts and, and Gordy. So, you know what? Well, I don't think there's a bad... Well, I kind of talk shit about Barber Chop scene. Yeah. Outside of that, every scene's great.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will say, I think pumpkin guts had the loudest trigger that i have ever experienced at the event it was loud yeah i feel like it was i i could be leaving trick-or-treat and i can hear daddy <laughs> echoing throughout the park all the way to the other side so uh, but as you guys can tell we're about to get eaten by a shark so we're going to go ahead and wrap this up but first of all, we do want to again thank our drink sponsors this week that we were so kindly purchased drinks by Sonia and Mark. Again, thank you both so much. It's genuinely appreciated. You didn't have to do that, but because you did it from the bottom of your heart, it genuinely means the world to us. If you would like to uh, offer or buy us a drink, just like we're hanging out at Stay and Scream with you, the best place to do that is on Venmo. You can find me at Something that said something without the G on Venmo. Once again, completely optional, but if you'd like to do that, we would love to uh, partake in a drink with you guys, whether that's here or at home. Just a reminder that this podcast does upload every week on two different podcast feeds. So if you want to hear the last episode, you have to go check out HHN 365's feed. If you want to hear the episode before that, you can find it right here on the Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights feed. But for now, that's going to bring us to the end of our third episode of the Stay and Screamcast. I've been Hunter. I'm up. Thank you for screaming with us. that's going to eat your ass <laughs> <laughs> i got to i got to find a better closer